Entertainment Revolution presentation. Welcome to Wii Kid Video. I'm Cameron Snape and I miss video stores so much I opened one in my own home, packed with VHS tapes of trash cinema I grew up watching at a highly inappropriate age. Every week, I force my co-hosts Kira Jade Oppitz and Brody McDonald to sit through one of these movies so we can talk about it. So come on in and have a look around and sign up for a membership. There are no late fees, but unreturned tapes will be hunted down by a crack team of ninjas led by one armed stuntman of dubious moral fiber. His name is unknown, but that won't matter when you're drowning in the pool of your own blood, will it sport? This is Weed Kid Video. podcast Ooh, exciting it is exciting we're gonna have a podcast just like every fucking one else during the pandemic is About this time. the actual beginning of the podcast or is this just you talking about oh we've hit podcast bingo number one which is is this the podcast is the podcast started <laughs> are we podcasting i've been wanting to start a podcast for a decade and if i had started back a decade ago i would have been on the cutting edge yeah so, so i've been wanting to make a podcast for ever as well i i trying to figure out what we were going to do Took some time. Kira and I have tried to start one before and we're also going to do this one without you, with mm. just the two of us, <laughs> and then just realised that that was never going to work. Yeah. When I heard about this podcast, I was like, yep, I'm in. I don't care whether or not you were going to do a nice <laughs> husband and wife show. I'm included now. You just invited yourself. Yes. Yes, 100% I did. Welcome to the trouble. <laughs> <laughs> um, That's kind of been our whole friendship. Though. Yeah, basically. <laughs> uh, so the... the the idea behind the show was to take you guys on a magical journey through my childhood, through my kind of bizarre and twisted childhood that involves a lot of ninjas, a lot of violence, a lot of weird science fiction, a lot of a lot of horror. I grew up watching movies in kind of the golden age of VHS. So uh, I'm an 80s and 90s kid and my favourite thing in the world was going to video stores and I miss video stores so much. Mm. I mean the convenience of like streaming is amazing but – and I'm never gonna, uh, never gonna want to celebrate the absolute trash uh, technical standards of <laughs> VHS. It was an event, though. But yeah, going to the video store and and the thing that stood out for me as a kid was was covers and cover art. Mm. So like cover, you'd be browsing the aisles and there'd be like this one image that kind of stands out. And I have a bunch of those. I have a bunch of movies that are stuck in my brain. Sometimes even movies I haven't even seen. They're stuck in my brain because of that because of that VHS cover art and. I'm older than you guys by not quite not quite a decade. Mm. So I, I, I'm curious about like how much of this stuff you guys have seen or even are aware of. And so I used to watch kind of everything, right? I, I didn't really have limits on what I was allowed to watch. My mm. parents, my dad in particular, was really into like martial art, bad martial arts movies, so we watched everything. And I, there was no, oh, that's R-rated, you shouldn't see it. And I mean like that from when I was like four or five years old. <laughs> yeah, hectic. <laughs> so... <laughs> So I saw some shit as a kid, and I think it's very much it's very much shaped me in terms of the things that I like and the things that I'm into and uh, your perversions. Uh, definitely fuck with my brain a little. <laughs> <laughs> I remember that you used to renting a videotape used to cost like you'd have to put a hundred dollar deposit down. What? What? <laughs> because the tapes were worth a fortune. That is hectic. Yeah. So like the the concept of commercial 
video store rental was something that took time to to evolve to. It used to be that you yeah you had to put a deposit down for the tape for the tape. Wow. How much did it actually cost to? The tapes are expensive. The tapes cost hundreds of dollars. No, I mean to rent. So you put down the deposit, you get the deposit I back. Don't, I don't remember. I was a ch- I was a child. <laughs> I, I, but I do remember the de- the deposit being a big de- being a big. So deal. Dad was flush if he was getting some VHS. No, fuck. No, absolutely not. I have no he got idea. the money back. I have no, I have no idea how how he afforded to do it. So my relationship with my father is that I would see him at my grandparents' place every Sunday. Cool. And so the way what would happen is we would walk to the video store, rent movies, and then watch like three, four, five movies in a day That's in, an, after, in an afternoon. That's and that was basically how we kind of bonded, how we bonded with each other. And that obsessiveness about movies then followed me into teenage years and, 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 adult, and adulthood. So, so I'm curious though in terms of, for you guys, what were you allowed to watch as kids? You go. Uh, well, I mean, movies informed massively part of my life as well. So I grew up with a bunch of brothers and Kurt, my like closest, my brother closest to me in age, we'd always watch movies. He was massively into Kung Fu movies. I mean, one of the movies that kind of broke my brain early on was um, Legend of the Drunken Boxer. Yep. Yeah, Jackie Chan. Drunken Boxer or Drunken Master. Ooh, I can't remember now. The one where he ends up in, I get them confused, the one where he ends up in the ironworks, like fighting with the petrol. I think that's Drunken Master. You know what? I don't even know. I don't even remember. I think it's Drunken Master and he's like taking swigs from bamboo cups that hold kerosene or something like that to get drunker so he's more powerful. And I was like, (laughs) this is sick. Um, And that kind of evolved into just a general love for movies. So I'd have the event on the weekend with my friends. Like we'd go hire six, seven movies and just watch them all night, get a bunch of snacks. And again, we'd like disperse into the video easy down on the local um, corner and just come back with a bunch of movies that we had never heard of or heard of and wanted to see or had cool cover art. And then one of our best mates started working there and then I kind of lived there as well and I got the employee discounts just from being best friends with him. But what about ratings? Like what were you allowed, like what did your parents allow you to watch when you were like a kid kid? Uh, Anything really. Um, There wasn't. A whole lot of uh, there wasn't a whole lot of concern, I think, because I was started off watching things with my brother, so I had an older age limit. First of all, and my brother's five years older than me, so I was always watching things a little bit too mature for me. But I also had a very immature sensibility, so I was also watching like cartoons when I was, you know, eighteen. So I don't think they really cared too much about what I was watching, but. I remember, do you, do you remember the, the anime movie Wicked City? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, super gore, super sexual. Like I remember watching that as like a seven-year-old and just being like, this is the dopest shit out. And that kind of also informed my perversions, I suppose. Yeah, so I guess it's kind of similar. <laughs> so I guess it's kind of similar but older. So your, your entry point is obviously like, is, a, is, a, is kind of later. Yeah, and I also had very relaxed parents as well. You know, yeah. my parents were very much like, as long as, you know, you're with us, you're safe. Yeah, yeah. And and Kira? <laughs> I have very different experiences. Um, I don't think my, my parents were never that, like, I, I, I never had a situation where I was like, I want to watch this movie, and they said, no, you can't. Mm. But 
they wouldn't have let me watch R-rated movies when I was seven, but I also didn't ask to watch R-rated movies when I was seven. And What was the first film you ever saw that involved a ninja? <laughs> <laughs> I have no idea. It was probably a cartoon ninja. It's got to be Ninja Turtles, right? Oh, yeah, I would have seen Ninja Turtles because Aaron was obsessed with My older sister Aaron was obsessed with Ninja Turtles for a while. I'm younger sister as well, so Aaron kind of dictated a lot of my TV and movie watching. So I had a similar thing of like I didn't watch a lot of Sesame Street. I watched Amazing and Challenger on TV. What is that? They're the the game shows of oh, our youths. Oh, no. Like Worst. so it was the same kind of thing with movies rather than watching a lot of stuff that was necessarily what my friends were watching. I was watching Dawson's Creek and I was watching, you know, rom-coms and stuff that were out in the 90s. Not a lot of VHS trash cinema though. Not a lot of it. Though there was, we did watch a lot of movies that turned out to not be good because generally when Dad would take us to the VHS, to the VHS store, when Dad would take us to the (laughs) video store, um, we would pick our own stuff and because it's a video store, you don't necessarily know whether a movie is a real movie that was out in the in the cinema mm. or whether it was a straight-to-VHS movie and therefore you go, oh, that looks cool, and then you watch it and you're like, that why is shit. this movie – why did I pick this movie? <laughs> but, the, but the opposite is true as well. Like that's what, also one of the things I loved about a video store is that you just sometimes take a chance. Like you take a chance on cover art and then get either bitterly disappointed or find something that you have to tell all of your friends about. I loved yeah. the debate afterwards. When I used to like hire movies with my friends, we would watch a movie and because we were basically silent watching this movie the whole time, we'd come up with different ideas and at the end it's like – that was so fucking trash. And someone else would be like, no, that was the most fire fucking, well, we didn't say fire because that's <laughs> modern lingo. But they would be like, that's the best movie I've ever seen. Oh, my God, it had ninjas, it had burbs. That's all I wanted to see. And someone else would be like, there was no story. He would be teased, you know. <laughs> yeah. There was a little bit of that with the kinds of stuff that me and Aaron would take, would bring home as well. That Like my parents would point out that. It was a trash movie in me and everyone would be like, we didn't notice. But <laughs> Oh, yeah, I, I mean. But I, I definitely wasn't watching ninja martial arts movies in, yeah. my, in my youth. I think I've been introduced to that since being with you. So, yeah, can. I watch absolute garbage. I watch absolute trash and I love it. Mm. And, and when I say trash, there's this, um, there's this, and this is kind of the thing about the, uh, about the podcast, right, is that this isn't a podcast where we talk about, at least for me, where I approach things that, these movies are so bad they're good. Mm. These movies are bad and I still like them. I like them completely unironically. That's an it's interesting not, thing you actually bring up. Like so many things are, so many people say, oh, it was so bad it was good. But like I genuinely fucking loved watching this movie. <laughs> well, we should get with them. We should get into it. Yeah. So okay. where, where first cab off the rank is. Uh, My pick. Yeah, Kira picked this movie. We're going to get into how we pick things pick things later. Kira picked it off the off the shelf, the VHS shelf. Can we um start before we I just you built a VHS store in my house. <laughs> yeah. <I did. laughs> Yeah. Like that's not just a line for the intro to this podcast. I, mean, I came home from work one day and there was a VHS store in my kitchen. It's yeah. part of your house. <laughs> it's arts and crafts. It's literal. I mean, it, I thought about it for weeks and weeks. We have business cards or like membership, membership cards. Yeah, membership we have cards. membership cards and 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 dividers for yeah, the different I genres. Video, I miss video stores. <laughs> I guess it comes down to it, it comes down to. I mean, obviously, I did this during the pandemic. <laughs> I had a lot of time. And so I thought about it for a little while. And we said video store. It's not like, so the inspiration was I saw a dude 
on somewhere on the internet that had built a like full on full scale video store with like red brick <laughs> exterior and glowing neon open sign in his basement during the pandemic. Like you walk in and it's like walking back in time. It's an actual video store filled with VHS. Did you originally think you could do that to your basement? No, 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 no. Oh, uh, well, maybe we'll get there. <laughs> but so when we say I opened a video store, it's, shelves in our kitchen. Yeah, but there's signage. There and I think signage. when there's signage, it's more than just I put some video tapes on the shelf. There are also printed membership cards. There exactly. Is, yeah, I designed membership cards <laughs> and I made dividers for all the sections of the of the movies. There's and candy you can buy and pins. Yeah. So it's, a, it's yeah. a store. It's more like a video store display. Yeah. It's not like you can bra- you can walk through the aisles. It's I mean, just I would one love, aisle. I would love that. <laughs> We're also running out of room. Yeah, we need to get a bigger store. We For the um, many listeners of this first podcast, I'll just put a little caveat here. Kieran Keane's house is like a visual masterpiece of little scenes around the whole house anyway. If you think this video <laughs> shop is the only thing that's going on, you would be incorrect. No, there's lots of stuff going Yes, on. every little uh, s- windowsill, every little corner, there's a little scene going on that changes periodically. <laughs> yeah. I do think Keane is when we live When we live separately... There was a um, I I have some cowboys and Indians toys that are from like the nineteen very early eighties like classic cowboys and Indians toys, mm. and there was a in the bathroom there was a evolving scene <laughs> that the story changed over months. Not just like I imagine with you, I you haven't told me this, but I can bet it wasn't just changing from scene to scene. There was a story going. Oh, on. Oh, there was a story, yeah. and it was for Kira's benefit. Yeah, of course. At one point, wasn't there bloodshed? In yeah, the sink? There, there was. <laughs> I like. I need to keep myself entertained. Yeah. So the pandemic <laughs> okay, is when we you've had too we much time on your hands. We already like. <laughs> yeah, we talked about like distraction and tangency. We're already there. Let anyway, my point. <laughs> my point was, I got to actually browse the actual video store to pick this film. Yeah. When exciting. we were originally doing this podcast, just the two of us. Mm. And I picked Jim Carter because it had an interesting looking cover and it seemed like it was probably the kind of trash cinema Keane was looking for. <laughs> what is the cover of Jim Carter? Oh my God, I have it here. Hold on. One moment. Can you Here's describe what I prepared it to me? <laughs> there's, a, there's a person doing Jim Carter on the front. <laughs> and we all know what Jim Carter is now. It's karate and gym, uh, martial Don't you arts. Speak off mic, you. Martial arts crossed with gymnastics because that seems. Because that was Look. clearly explained. It's the deadly combination of karate and gymnastics. His name, Kurt Thomas. His title, three-time world gymnastics champion. His assignment, a secret mission for the United States government. His only weapon, himself. And that's all he needs. Combine the discipline the timing, and the power of gymnastics. With the explosive force of karate, and a new, all-powerful martial art is born. Jim Kata. Kurt Thomas becomes Jonathan Cabot. He must penetrate a mountain fortress to compete in an ancient savage ritual. They call it the game. 
But nobody wins. And nobody lives. Until now. When gymnastics and karate are fused, the combustion becomes an explosion. And a new kind of martial arts superhero is born. Jim Kata. Oh, wow. This is beautiful. <laughs> so there are two clear, like, actual ninjas... Not not dressed like the ninjas from the movie on the front cover being scissor kicked by the way more muscly uh, gymnastics person on the front cover than the person in the actual film. Um, this is dope. This yeah. is, I didn't this notice is that, the, that the oh, they are different too, hey. Yeah, yeah he is more muscly. Well, I you mean, can imagine the artist is much better than the... Costume designer. That's true. That's true. But look at it, look at his abs. He doesn't have those abs. He doesn't have that leg definition. I mean, no, he does not. <laughs> He's pretty skinny. I mean, he is not wearing tight clothes throughout the whole movie. Much to my dis- disappointment. <laughs> he his outfit in. Okay, I'm jumping. <laughs> we're, ahead. we're jumping. I'm we're jumping. Ahead. Jumping way ahead. So yeah, so we're doing Jim Carter from from 1985. This is definitely a movie that the cover jump cover jumped out at me because mm. of the aforementioned ninjas and uh, martial arts. Uh, the tagline being, it's a deadly game, one in which all losers die. <laughs> <laughs> um, so <laughs> some background on this movie. This movie is directed by a guy named uh, Robert Close, who is also the director of Enter the Dragon, the Bruce Lee, the Bruce Shut Lee movie. Shut up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Shut Fuck up. Yeah. Um, this guy stepped up his game. Was that before this? <laughs> yeah, Enter the Dragon. Shut is, up. Enter the Dragon is ten years earlier than Shut this. Shut up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So his game kind of dropped, maybe a little. What? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That has broken me entirely. Uh, he also that directed. He also directed Bruce Lee's last movie, Game of Death, or The Game of Death, that was finished after Bruce Lee died with a double. I haven't seen that. Yeah, well, it may, okay, it may come okay, up. Okay, and also a movie that's definitely going to come up later on the podcast, which is China O'Brien. Uh, <laughs> we'll get person's to, name. We'll, yeah, it's okay. the name of the it's the name of the uh, the star of the of the movie. There Brand. is two of those movies. We're gonna get we're gonna get to oh, that later. Yes. Uh, the movie's based on the movie here is based on a book, which was I think was a bit of a shock during the end credits. A little wow. bit. Have you read the book? Or? I have not read the book. Are the, you gonna read the book? I'm, I did look at a copy of it on eBay, <laughs> but I'm not gonna I'm not gonna do it. Is it different? Uh, as far as I can tell, so it, the book was written by a guy named Dan Tyler Moore and it was written in the 1950s and it's like a Cold War yeah, allegory. Okay. So it's not, it's different. It's like, it's not. No this, ninjas. Not the same thing. <laughs> I don't think there's ninjas. It's a medieval trial. Like the guy goes and does like his medieval trials. So I guess some of the medieval stuff kind of uh, carries over. Mm-hmm. And so the screenplay was written by Charles Robert Carner, who also wrote another movie that we're definitely going to talk about in the podcast called Blind Fury Ooh, with Rutger like Hauer. Yeah. yeah. Have I seen that? Yeah, you've seen that. Okay. You've seen that one. Uh, so, yeah, that's that's the – those are the kind of nuts and bolts. The star of the movie, Kurt Thomas. What a man. <laughs> what a man. Uh, this is his only movie. This is his only Aww. star role. He did some TV um, and he unfortunately, he did – he uh, he uh, passed away, I think, only about a, only about a year ago. 
Um, but this was his only movie. He is an actual gym gymnast. Um, oh yeah, that is him doing the stunts. I'm oh, that very is very impressed. That is well stunts. Yeah. We'll get into we'll get into the flips. The, so the, did he just go back to doing gymnastics oh, the then flip. after the movie? Oh, we're we're getting we'll get we'll get we'll get into it. Getting so excited. he uh, yeah, so he was a gymnast. He was a member of the the 1976 Summer Olympics team. Um, and he then was, he had to go and do a game. And then he decided that he didn't want to do gymnastics anymore. <laughs> Something like that. He was he won a gold medal at the World Cup in 1978. Um, he he played himself. Unfortunately, in the in 1980s, uh, because the US boycotted the Olympics, he wasn't in it, and he decided not to take part in the 1984 Olympics, which is a year before this movie. Maybe to make this movie, that's complete pure speculation. Um, and then he returned to the Olympics in, in 1992, no. much older. Uh, well, he attempted to return and did not make the Olympic did not make the Olympic team. Um, can I ask a question that gets cut from the podcast? Sure. Why did America boycott the Olympics? No, see, this stays in <laughs> uh, because they were in the USSR. Yeah. Oh. Cold War. Because of the enough. Cold War, which right. plays into this movie. Mm. Were they the only ones that didn't go? Communism. Uh, I don't know politics. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I just hadn't heard that story. So before we get into the movie, we are watching these movies on v- on VHS, mm-hmm. um, mostly because I want to replicate the experience of having mm. seen of having seen it for the first time the way it would have originally been seen. Not because VHS is a is a good medium. There is this nostalgia about VHS, and I I mean I'm saying this as somebody who owns a lot of VHS tapes and continues to buy VHS tapes. <laughs> I'm not buying them because. I think it's fun to watch movies on VHS because what? it's fucking not. It's it's the worst format ever. It's basically because I like the tangibility of the co- of the covers and replicating the experience of yeah, cool, 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 thing. cool, cool. And trailers and trailers, trailers. Well, only one trailer before this movie. I know. I was very disappointed. I wanted more trailers. There will be there will be movies we watch that have lots more trailers, and we'll have trailers for other movies we are going to watch as part Young of the John Voight. Did things to me. <laughs> I don't know what the movie was, but I was just watching that face. So the movie's called The Champ. from the late 70s it's a movie from the late 70s that is on the trailer uh, on the VHS tape for a movie that came out in 1985 which is a little little weird it's a Zeffirelli film Zeffirelli also directed a version of uh, he's a famous director he also directed a version of Romeo and Juliet it's the only Romeo and Juliet where they have Romeo and Juliet the correct age as they do in the original the yeah. original play and it itself is a remake of a, an Oscar winning movie from the from the 19, from the 1930s so John Voight Faye Dunaway and young Ricky Schroeder. Supergirl herself. Faye Dunaway is yeah. not is Supergirl? I'm sure she played Supergirl. You're thinking of Helen Slater? Helen Am Slater I? played Supergirl? Why are you looking Supergirl at me movie? for confirmation? Like, I would know. <laughs> <laughs> I thought she was Supergirl. Faye Dunaway did not play Supergirl. Oh, for everyone at home on this first podcast, 
Ken is Rain Man for movies. So. That's not entirely true. I'm sure I'll make mistakes. There is every chance that she has played Supergirl, and I do not know. I, do I, not know. I thought she did. She may have been in it. Who knows? I thought she was in it. No, uh, Supergirl. There is a Supergirl movie from the 80s, and it's Helen Slater who plays Supergirl I because I know, know her from. Is. I know her from. Uh, it's a Michael J. Fox movie that she's in that I really like. That's name is escaping me right now. <laughs> Tangent, 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 tangent. <laughs> we should talk about. So anyway, tr- weird trailer. Do you want to hear my notes Please. on the trailer? Yeah, sure. Yep, my notes read word for word: the champ, ghost child? Question mark. <laughs> boxing? Question mark. Jail. Yeah, was it a boxing movie? <laughs> I know. Did not look at jail? Question mark. Like horse racing? 90- question mark. Yeah. Hugs. Lots of hugs. Ninety <laughs> percent of the trailer is just John Voight looking wistfully into the distance with a song. There's no dialogue, the music. and the it, music. I is was expecting horrendous. at some point a voice because I'm used to trailers from that era having yeah. voiceovers that go, and he was a yeah. such and such, and he was going on this journey, and there was nothing. It was just this song, and this child was just in a baseball stadium with the guy for no apparent reason intense. holding a briefcase, yeah. and then. It was and the just, kid was haunting as well. It, that's why I said ghost child. <laughs> the kid I is, thought it was a ghost until halfway through the the thing, and I was like, no, he seems real. Okay. <laughs> the kid is Ricky Schroeder, who went on as an adult to be in NYPD Blue. Well, there you go. Made himself a house. And his dad man. went to jail at some point, not the actor, the kid in the movie, the oh, ghost we child. Send, we should send John Boyd to jail. Somehow there's horse racing involved as well. Is the, the horse racing why he went to jail? Trailer, this I don't trailer know what happened. is the perfect trailer to go before this movie because it has it nothing is to do with this movie. <laughs> and I have no idea what was going on. There are so many plots going on that don't connect. This trailer had was all about horse racing for like 90% of it. Yeah. And then. It's called The Champ and there's one little clip of him boxing. Like, is he a boxer? I'm pretty sure he was a boxer. I think he it is was a boxer. boxer. It is a boxing movie. They did not make that clear. What the fuck? For all we knew, they went to a boxing match at some point in the movie. Like, it, that's the, the amount that boxing was actually. The only reason you sort of think that he might have been a boxer is because I think at some point someone gives him like a jumper or something that says The Champ <laughs> yeah. on it and that feels like yeah. something that you would do for someone who is a boxer. <laughs> <laughs> the seriousness of that trailer, oh, it was it was heavy. And lots like, of I very emotional hugs with, yeah. between the father and the son. <laughs> but they hugged emotionally like four or five times in that trailer. Mm. Good times. Yeah. I've never seen it. I don't, so you I have don't. no idea what no, happens no, no. either. I mean, there's going to be lots of movies that we, as I said, there's going to be lots of movies that we watch where I have seen every movie that is on the trailer before it. But This is not one of this them. This is not one of them. And I don't remember... I sometimes I have the like really strong memories of the experience of watching a VHS tape, meaning that I remember this what trailers were on a movie before before the movie, and this is one where I just don't re- don't remember that. Like there are movies that we're gonna watch where I can tell you what every trailer is in order before because I've seen the tapes so many goddamn times. In that's terms of normal. in that's, terms of this movie, normal. I had I saw this movie obviously when I was a, when I was a very small child, and I there are things that stuck in my head about it and there are things that I was kind of obsessed about, but I don't think that I've seen this in 30 plus, in 30 plus years. Jim Carter. Jim Carter, yeah. So wow. this is the first, re- first rewatch in a, in a very, very long time. I'm surprised wow. you didn't rewatch it when you bought it on VHS. No, I... I I was waiting. Because <laughs> 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 at that point you knew we were doing a podcast. Yeah. Okay, yeah. Fair enough. Yeah. Do you guys want to... 
recap, Jim Carter. Okay, go yeah. on. <laughs> okay, so the main conceit of this movie, and stop me if I'm wrong. That's my job. We will. Is gymnast Cabot. Cabot, that's his name. Kurt Thomas is Jonathan Cabot. Jonathan Cabot. Kurt Thomas becomes Jonathan Cabot. Uh, gymnast is in the very opening scenes recruited to become a spy for some random government agent uh, agency, then told about this country, which he's never heard about, has to go infiltrate this country. And, the name of the country? Uh, Palmerstan. Chicken Palmerstan. Yes, Palmerstan. <laughs> Palmerstan. The writers were working real hard on this one. Uh, and he has to infiltrate this country because they need to have, America need to have a satellite base put in somewhere to control Star Wars. Yep. Which is like an anti-missile <laughs> thing. And all the other countries are competing in this game because if you win this game, you get a request of the king. And he, grants you all, he grants you three wishes. Yes, exactly. And we he's, assume that he's going to actually honour that despite the fact no one's won it in 900 years. Exactly. <laughs> what the... Absolute it fuck. Is, it is insane. Yeah. You forgot the part about his dad who'd gone over there and died. Oh, oh. In the opening, the, what's the, it called? In media res. Yeah, yeah, the cold open. We see some man competing in the game. Oh, my God. And the quality of this game is just so great. He is doing jungle gyms essentially across a ravine and he's climbing over this rope and gets shot point blank, which is a running theme in this movie by an arrow. And it's a lot of arrow work. Oh, this they are the heroes of this movie. The heroes and villains. Uh and and dies. And then we find out that he is Oh well, you're jumping ahead. I already said it before. <laughs> it's not a secret. Um so I believe that's the main conceit and I think there's a lot of things in there that have been missed for good measure because they don't need to be in that fucking movie. <laughs> what's insa- what's insane about it, it and this is is that the movie o- makes almost no efforts to explain itself in any way it's just like you jump from it jumps around so so quickly between scenes and <laughs> there's a there's actually this running gag where well, it's not even a gag, but there's this running thing where, where people say, as you know, before they start senses, as you know, as the princess has told you. <laughs> I didn't even pick up on that. As, That's so good. As you were as previous, you as you were previously audience told. Member. <laughs> <laughs> it's amazing. It's amazing. We open with uh, Intercut, the, uh, the cold open of the game where we see his father uh, killed. Uh, falls to his death in a, in a gorge. Intercut with him during gymnastics. winning the gold medal. Winning some type of medal. And then. I and assume then, it's the Olympics. I assume so. I mean, he it's is the greatest of, gymnast in the world, I we mean, assume. He, he absolutely is. And then we go to. We go to. We just cut straight to him training. No, for no, the, no, for no, the no. Game. We leave they from have a him conversation. winning, and he sees a random man in the crowd. Nothing is said. <laughs> And he immediately knows to go with this man. Do they know each other? Was there a scene? Was there like a whole like first act to this movie that was not included? Should we have read the book? What is insane is that is that this movie runs like eighty four minutes with credits. Like yeah. there's a little bit room. You could you could have had an additional six minutes where you explain some of the some of the plot. This is the, my first part of my 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 relationship dramas rant. <laughs> have at it. When he leaves the Olympics. 
when he's walking through the crowd and he sees the strange man, a lady is following him like he's, she's his girlfriend. Yes. And that he, she gets stopped and he keeps going and she is never mentioned again and he almost immediately falls in love with the princess. Great. And at no point goes, I need to go home to my girlfriend or I need to tell my girlfriend that I'm a wife. Oh, there's I no. don't know. There are no. About that. There, there is, are no scenes. But she gets a close-up, so she's clearly meant to be, she's not just like some fan that's yeah. followed her. She's clearly like his girlfriend or some or some family member, but I'm assuming girlfriend, that does not get to follow him to head to this secret meeting. And then two minutes later, he's starting to fall in love with the princess that doesn't speak. It is like ten minutes in where they're in love. They are in love before she said anything to him. Yeah, Yeah. she doesn't have a line of dialogue. She does not. Does she not speak until they go to that other country? Pretty much, yeah. What the fuck? He... She doesn't talk to him. He does that thing where he, he flips, back, flicks, flicks back and forth to fake a conversation, which is so over the top and ridiculous. And then she, and then he just kisses her, and she just she, she, she pretends to stab like he's, she's going to stab okay. him, and okay. then doesn't. And then they're in love, and he, she hasn't said anything to him. We're going way too fast. <laughs> We're going, going way, way too, too fast. fast. The first half an hour of this film is the greatest part of any film that has ever been so made. Good. The, I love that the, there are lots of characters that like pop in and out of this movie. That, like So the, the woman, his girlfriend, is a prime example. Like she has one scene. There's the two trainers. There's yes. the two training dudes that, that train him for the game, right? Um, train him in things that he will never use in the yes. game. Like walking like upstairs, walking upstairs on his hands. hands. That which, does not which, come right. back. Which, oh, my God. He, like, is so obviously just kind of, like, pretending to fall yeah. over because yeah. he can, I guarantee you, that Kirk Thomas can walk up those yeah. stairs with his hands. There is one thing, I think, that comes back from the training. It is the listening to the chopping. Yeah, listening to the When Eagle Man, who has a big fuck-off <laughs> eagle for <laughs> no reason. Just some casual falconry. Yeah. Is teaching him to chop wood, and he goes, "You need to listen for the blade in the wind." Yeah, don't listen to the, the sound wood. of the chopping. Yes. Listen for the for the blade in the wind, which so is very martial arts movie, like mm. very much. I'm going to teach you a technique that is like slightly weird or spiritual that will you will use in the third act to gain vic- to gain victory. What was weird? But to none me, of the other things we bring. No, none of the other things. And then those two dudes, uh, like, do those those two dudes teach him about the game? Well, we should get into the game in a second. No, they no, teach him no, about the game. Half an hour is right? the most important they thing. They teach him about. They teach him about the game. They tell him that the game changes every single time. Although every instance we see of the game is exactly the fucking yes. same. Yeah. And how do these dudes know about the game if, if they nobody haven't knows played about the game? the game? Oh, it's genius! The only person who knows about the game is the princess, who doesn't speak to anybody. Who also like the princess is meant to be this font of information about the game, and she has not one word to say about it through the entire movie. I okay. know. Okay, I've got to say. This. Some things. The black guy on the massive fuck off horse that could have come straight out of my dreams. But like, what the fuck is he doing on that horse? Why is there a horse present? You know that they were just like on a ranch and they were like, that's a big fuck off horse. Let's get it in shot. On the plus side, at least they do ride horses in the game. Yeah, yeah very true. Very accurate. Um, but also when he's introducing those two trainers, the spy guy, what's his name? Uh you know what? I should have written it down. The main spy guy. The, the spy guy. Him. Yeah. From uh, the, from the, by the way, the name of the agency is the SIA. <laughs> oh. It's a secret intelligence association. Beautiful. He walks over to this fucking window in this wood cabin that they've just appeared in and waves out the window so awkwardly and meekly 
that it is like creepy and it's just cuts to the two guys setting up the training course and they're like, hey. <laughs> and then he continues on talking about this beautiful, beautiful princess who is very, what did she say? Very, uh, she's very interesting. Her mother was Thai. Indonesian. 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 That's all we get about her. Yeah. yeah. Which <laughs> is, all we get. Which is, uh, comes down to some of the casting of the movie where there is there is yes. some very, we'll get into. That makes sense. There's a particular piece of casting that I love that comes, oh, that comes later. Yes, we'll, if we're we talking about, about so the same think, man. I think we are. So did she, is she just Indonesian? Like did they just mention that because they need to explain why the king's daughter is Asian? Yeah, yes. Right, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, because we never see her mother, Princess so. Princess Rubali. Yeah, so Rubali. she she's a, a, a Filipino a Filipino actress and Playboy model. She's gorgeous. Yeah, she's yeah she's beautiful. I mean, and her voice is clearly dubbed by a different actress. The whole movie is ADR. Oh yeah, the whole movie is ADR. But that's not a, that's oh. pretty that's pretty common for martial arts movies of that of that era. It was so difficult. That's to called listen. the it's called the the in. It comes from like the Hong Kong style in in a lot of in mm. Asian martial arts movies. They didn't even record reference dialogue on set; they would record all the dialogue in, po- in post production. Makes sense. And so it kind of comes from the same place. Robert Close, having directed, uh, you know, uh, Into the Dragon, a Hong Kong movie, would have been familiar with that style. And there'd be all kinds of different reasons why you would just not bother. They're shooting in they're shooting in in woods, in streets shit. and yeah. woods, and they, so it's all the whole movie's idea. And last two things I'll say about that first half hour. So we're with the princess at the moment. Their love story is insane. She has said zero words to him and sleeps with him. And they're so awkward. It is incredible. Oh, he is so awkward. Oh, the- like him, he, he, every time he talks and his facial expressions throughout the whole movie. Oh, just, yeah. But like, I, and a, a delight to watch. A delight to watch for how, um, Difficult it must have been for him to get through this. But he's having a ball, I must say, yeah. because that flip conversation goes on for way too long. There's a, I mean, there's, there's quite a few uh, instances of flipping going on for way too long, one of which we'll get into. Later. A lot of things go on for way too long. There's a lot of shots that just like he's left the shot like for like a good couple of seconds and it's still going. <laughs> But um, this flip conversation, so he is flipping very impressive flips, like these, like, twisty Oh, there's no doubt about his gymnastics talent. He's incredible. (laughs) His martial arts talent is somewhat (laughs) questionable. So he's flipping back and forth, playing this conversation between him and the princess, which doesn't speak. And they're like, oh, how did you sleep? Oh, look along. Good morning, princess. Good morning, Jonathan. You're looking handsome as always. Did you sleep well? Like a log. And that is the thing. That is the thing that woos this princess. Like, he can flip well. He's not even charming. Not really, no. He's not charming. He has been several times almost stabbed by her and then just goes in for a kiss. Bold. Bold, bold, bold. Yeah, I I think I would have quite enjoyed it if she just actually stabbed him. I think, yeah. <laughs> I think the thing that won her over was the mullet. Oh, <laughs> it is so glorious. light, though. It's his so hair glorious. is so light. Yeah. I feel like under the right light we would have seen his scalp. It is It is amazing. <laughs> we, we move on. So they eventually uh, start their mission where they travel to uh, somewhere on the Caspian Sea to do I'm not sure what... <laughs> 
Don't, no, no. Do they have to get their he weapons? Says, he says. Oh, they're, wait, wait. Oh. They're weapons that they never, never use. Oh. Some of those weapons are cool, but they don't actually take them with them. Yeah, so they meet up They meet up with an intermediary, uh, Agent Markle or Mackle, and, uh, yeah, and, then, and then go on a visit to the market where we get up. See the stork? Is that his name? Yeah, yes. Yeah, the yes. stork. So, um, and and then they go to the market, and then we get our first. We get our first um, display of Jim Carter, <laughs> and so I suppose we should talk about Jim Carter. Just just one second. So, what was the place called? Uh, I can't remember the uh, Palmerstan, the name of the country. No, 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 the first city that they go. to. Oh, uh, it's somewhere on the Caspian Sea. I just remember it's somewhere <laughs> yeah, on the Caspian they Sea. They really want because to they really want you to know it's on the Caspian Sea. Because he says it, and then there's the very title. next scene, there's, there's a, a title. title. I lost my shit when I saw that. Uh, but anyway, yeah. So and we're speaking in the marketplace. Of, speaking about ADR, did you catch the? Did you catch the uh, the market sellers the dialogue? American, come back. American, come back. <laughs> <laughs> no, American. This is for quality. I give you good price. No, American, come back. At that point, uh, Cabot is is like standing, looking at wares. There is a man on screen who's that is meant to be the guy going, "Oh, you buy, very nice. I uh, give you a good deal." American, come back. He's doing this voice. That dude's lips aren't even moving. <laughs> like, that dude is just staring. He's just staring. I did not notice that his lips were Oh, it's completely, like, it's completely, they just built that in ADR. There is no actual interaction. I quite enjoyed two. American Comeback. American Comeback. <laughs> this this continues the awkwardness of every scene. Her looking at those dangling lamps, the princess looking at those dangling notice. lamps, she was, like, showing him these dangling, like, lantern things and her face was right on it. Yeah. And it, it was so bizarre to see. It makes me wonder if the direction was okay. So you guys are just in this market, walk through. We'll just shoot some. Co- we'll just shoot some coverage. Of yeah. <laughs> it was. It was really weird. And what are they doing? They're on a spy mission. Yeah, they're being very obvious for spies. He's wearing a bright red jumper. Like does not blend in at all. He is so clearly not from that area. And they have two bodyguards that are not like in. Guarding them in anyway. Yeah. yeah. And but they're, like they're so dispatched obvious. pretty quickly. And so, yeah, so we get into our first actual Jim Carter scene. And so uh, I think Jim Carter mostly as a martial art involves flipping and being so impressive that the people you are flipping somewhat near just fall down <laughs> because he misses all the time. That's yeah. the other thing. Yeah. Other thing is he does not make contact. I mean, that happens in martial arts movies, right? Like you see a punch that yeah. is clearly like a whiff. But there is like there are scenes where he flips and the people just fall. The people around him just fall fall down. Yeah, there's that dude he hits with the crate. He does like these flips. There's a guy, there's, he does a, this is in the in this scene. He does these flips. There's a guy standing near him who just gets terrified by the flipping, falls over, and then he picks up a crate and smashes him and smashes him in the head with it. If we were, it made me the style kind of feels a little bit of Jim Carter feels actually, strangely enough, a little bit like some modern-day wrestling. I wrote that down. Wow. Yeah, I said he'd be a good pro wrestler. I wrote down that he'd be a good pro wrestler with this style. He has a nice takeover pin. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, totally. So we're, we're, At one point he does a thing where he, like, yeah, he does a takeover pin and he, like, holds his legs down and I was half tempted to go one, two, three. <laughs> uh, yeah. So there's definitely, like, the this ridiculous, yeah, kind of pro wrestling modern pro wrestling style. So I guess yeah. it's ahead of its time. It is. I, I believe the idea of it is that you can move so quick and dynamically that you can move around the battlefield so well it's, that you just, you win. It's amazing. To intro this fight is the second or the first uh, intro or second, second intro of the point blank arrow 
point blank <laughs> arrow to the bodyguard. Oh my god, that was insane. Yeah, I don't know. Did not did not come. Did it come from the guy who threw water on him? I don't know. No, I don't think so. I think I that's think completely unrelated. Yeah. Okay. Mm, random. Loved it. Arrows, keep doing your good job. Yeah. So the princess gets kidnapped. We don't even see that. No, she's just not there anymore. And he assumes that she's been kidnapped. I guess yeah. she could have well, just the, gone somewhere. The other bodyguard is dead. Yeah. He goes back to the to the salt mine base. Mm. Yeah. And um, the salt mine? You'll see when you're there. Yeah, you'll see, <laughs> when, you'll see when you're there. Hey, it's a salt mine. We use it. It's a warehouse full it's just of a warehouse salt. Full of salt. Um, and then he has to infiltrate the fortress, which just looks like a building on a street. Yeah. Filled with, it's a terrorist training camp. Yeah. Are these terrorists like even dudes. related to Palmerstan? Or did he just go break up a terrorist splinter cell? So he calls him the the name of the bad guy who's got the AK that's holding the princess, Sandoval. Mm. He is an agent of Palmerstan? Or something. Right. I, I'm not entirely sure. It doesn't really make sense. I think there's supposed to be like, a connection. It feels like there's meant to be a connection. It also it, feels it like did not feel like there was a connection. It also what feels like we needed about? to fill our second act with I something. Just, <laughs> I just think, yeah, I just think he's a hero doing his job, being a hero wherever it takes him. And they knew he was in town. He must have been someone important, and he broke up that terrier cell. As he is scouting it. He gets spotted and then chased, and we get our first instance of very convenient gymnastic equipment. Yes. <laughs> with oh. some uneven bars. Well, an, an uneven bar. Yes. Uh, he has chalk all over his hands. <laughs> really tried, really oh, that's it. so good. Um, and so I buy the thing about the uneven bar sequence. He gets up onto these bars and starts spinning around and kicks a dude coming around the corner. I get the instance with the where the first guy comes yeah. around the corner and he kicks the guy. The second guy comes past, sees him, ducks under, moves out of the way, and then moves back into range yeah. to get kicked yeah. in the face. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, like, this could have been, like, the first introduction of parkour. Like, that is a narrow alleyway. He could have got up there hit someone and then like scrambled up and we're like, oh, he's a gymnast. He can do anything. But no, he stays on that un- uneven bar. And he just- commits and takes them all down. And an extra cyclist. Oh, yeah. Yeah, the extra <laughs> cyclist who <laughs> just, just came around the corner. Poor, yeah. poor guy. At least he checked on him. <laughs> and can I just check, did he take any of those weapons that he was given no. by no. Stork? No. Why not? I have he's no an idiot. He went back home. So... He, he has no gets, weapons. He doesn't need weapons. He is a weapon. Yeah, true. He, but he, he gets uses Jim Carter, the deadly combination of gymnastics and martial arts. There are so many cool things, like the little pocket knife thing that shoots what, blades. What about the axe that can cut through a steel bar in, yeah. in a very <laughs> lacklustre swing? It was incredible. <laughs> Why wouldn't you take that stuff with you? Oh, like, I mean, fair enough, it gets embedded into one of the guards, but, like, take it. Yeah, yeah I'm sure you could pull it out again. <laughs> yeah. So he rescues the princess. Yes. And then we finally, we get the... <gasps> no, no, no. Oh, God. Before he rescues the princess, he sneaks up some stairs and there is a person on the exact same set of stairs but on the other side of the wall looking directly at him, <laughs> also sneaking, and they are like... And one's in the foreground, one's axe. in the background. <laughs> that man looks like he's never held an axe before in oh. his life. It is just an absolute delight. And, like, did the director think, oh, it'll look, it'll make sense in the edit. We'll, we'll just cut it together. Yeah, it'll make sense in the edit. You know, it clearly looks like he's on a different level and won't see him. If he turned his head, which he does, he would see him. So he clearly looks straight at the man and continues on. Absolute delight. Thank you very much for Enter the Dragon and Jim Carter. Fucking, what's his name? 
Uh, Robert Close. Robert Close, genius. Genius. So the princess gets rescued and then they get chased by people with machine guns. And this is oh, my yeah. first group, my second grievance after the girlfriend that gets completely ignored. They get shot up by a lot of machine guns and not a single bullet hits in, either of them. Also just in like broad daylight. In broad daylight. Yeah. They get chased, they get machine gunned at with no cover, No, not a single gu- bullet hits, but the cop manages to shoot the guy down with one bullet in a regular gun. No problem whatsoever. And did These you people notice, are very bad shots. Did you notice the very graceful way that that man who gets shot for... He put himself yeah. down nice and gently. <laughs> he did. Very gently sat down. <laughs> like, oh, I've been shot. I shall lay down. Uh, we also get, a, we also get like a... I mean, we've seen some stunt work. We've seen some fighting, but we get an actual stunt. We get a classic a classic of um, this era of cinema, which is the uh, the car rollover. Where they use a they use a, a hidden ramp, this time hidden by like cardboard boxes, very strong cardboard boxes, <laughs> to uh, slide a car, pull one wheel of a car up a, up a ramp so that the car so that the car flips over. Classic uh, stunt of the eighties. Mm-hmm. You used to see mm-hmm. lots of it, tons upon tons of it. Well, I guarantee you, we should keep a count of how many times we see that exact piece of yeah. car stunt work <laughs> yeah, because we're going to see it a lot in these movies. Yes, um, great chase scene again. Another thing that goes on too long. Not only are there several shots in this chase that go on for way too long, he has left frame, but the chase in general goes on for so long. They seem to run up and down the same alley multiple times. And this is definitely the same city that they use for the... Oh, yeah, the the village. village I'm pretty sure it's the exact same same place. We added some smoke. It looks different. No one will ever notice. Uh, And so we finally get... After the after all the oh we get the betrayal of the uh, salt mine guy so unnecessary which, yeah it just comes out of nowhere and yeah. then our um, SIA guy shows up to save the day with a with a machine yeah. gun I actually think the 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 shot of the of mackerel I think his name is or mackerel going through the door and the glass that's actually a pretty decent pretty decent stunt when he gets shot when he get when he gets shot yeah mm-hmm. it's actually pretty good he kind of flies enough. through and then um what's funny again talk about uh, characters appearing disappearing. That guy's in the first act. He appears out of nowhere in the second act, and then he disappears, and we will never see him again. Yeah, the SIA, the did, SIA yeah. guy. Yeah. Can I just say, like, do you feel like this is one of those movies that is just made by stuntmen? Like, you know what I mean? You know how there's those movies that you can just tell that the whole thing is just made by stuntmen. I, I mean, there's an entire industry of that that exists yeah. right now. Like, if you look at, um, if you look at like Scott Atkins movies, I don't know if you've seen any Scott Atkins movies. You know, I don't know things by directors. I'm terrible. No, no, he's an actor. He's an actor. Oh, I don't um, know names. <laughs> yeah, so he's in a lot of movies directed by dudes that were stunt guys that have become that have become directors, and they're very stunt heavy. They're like the they're like the new generation of director video martial arts movies. They make mm. these guys make these movies in like, like usually what? in Europe. Uh, Avengement, uh, Debt Collector, Debt Collectors. So nothing I've heard of? No, probably nothing yeah, okay. Probably nothing you've heard of. But um, they're kind of like the new generation of this direct-to-video thing and they're still making movies. They make movies cheap. They, make them in, they usually make them in, in Europe with, low, with lower budgets and they, find, and they find an audience on streaming. Scott Atkins is, is, is cool, man. He's in, um, he's in the, the upcoming uh, John Wick 4. Matt, so, so dumb, fun, dumb, super yeah, cool to see. But yeah, I mean, this is definitely a movie where it's all about stunts. It's a martial arts movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, the martial arts, it's a shame that he's a gymnast first because the martial arts could have been better. Yeah. Well, yeah. we'll get into some, yeah. some other stuff that I noticed. But the stunts the fights, were great. The fights later on. Yeah. 
So we finally get to Palmerston. And the creepy no-tongue man who gives him a head rub. That is definitely a woman. That's a woman. <laughs> is that a woman? Yeah, that's a woman. Okay, well, no-tongue woman that they gives arrive, him a head, wait, wait, a head before, rub. Before that, yeah. they arrive in Palmerstown by, via raft. Yes, There is do. some very fun insert shots where they are clearly just uh, on some boxes being pushed around with water being splashed I in I didn't them. even notice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was going to give the close props. Ups of, all the close-ups of them in the raft are looking up just at the sky and there is no water. And movie there is magic. Just, yeah, movie magic. Movie magic, magic baby. Movie magic. He then gets into his first fight with a bunch of with a bunch of ninjas, where he just walks into the center of a circle of yeah. like twenty dudes. And it's one ninjas, at a time ninja etiquette. And it's one at a time ninja <laughs> etiquette. <laughs> Which is from shot to shot. I don't know if they were using different cameras or it was different times of day, but it is like shot to shot, different color grading. Oh yeah, <laughs> completely oh, different the, color. The look grading. of the movie is all over the place. They go from like foggy conditions to bright to bright sun yeah. to like gloomy, like all within a single scene, like yeah. really, really, really quickly. Movie was shot in uh, in Yugoslavia. Yeah, I noticed <laughs> that in the credits. Yeah, movie was shot in, in Yugoslavia. Uh, probably just because it was cheap to shoot there, and they could use all the all the ancient cities and stuff. But that fight, it's insane. The other thing is, it is the first instance of which you will see many once they reach Palmerstown and enter the game, where. Every fight that Kurt Thomas has is on leaves. Did you, you guys didn't notice this at all? Yes, it is. And the ground seems to be particularly um, springy. Ah. Because those leaves <laughs> are so clearly hiding mats. Yeah, so no, that he can I'm not do the movie the, Rain Man at all. So that he can do all his flipping shit. And once you notice it, you can't unsee the fact that they have laid down a bed of leaves well done, over ma- over mats so that he can do all their flapping because uh, all his flipping because every single step that everybody's taking is so like soft and sinky. People are move. People are moving weird. That is a great observation. But as soon as you say that, that is so clearly true. There are a few moments where actually there is one fight scene that's not on leaves. The our first one. Yeah. Our first fight scene is not on leaves. Actually. It's on like cobble, and, cobblestones. And in the crazy place as well, where everyone's crazy. Well, we can get to. We'll, 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 okay, okay. Village okay, of the okay. Damned, Village of the Crazies. We'll get yeah, to we'll get okay. to. Okay. Is it called Village of the Damned? It's called Village of the Damned and it's called Village of the Crazies. Okay. Okay. <laughs> so we get to, we finally get to Palmerstown where we're introduced to the character that we've been heard a lot about through the, through the entire, the, the whole kind of like first two acts of the movie. Cause we're almost in the third act already. Yeah. This movie like takes us time to get to Palmerstown and then, and then kind of moves. Weird. Pencil. We get in, introduced to, the Khan, who is straight the, out of Spaceballs, and the country of Palmerstown. Yeah, the Khan is straight out of Spaceballs. I had forgotten that he was a cuddly old grandpa <laughs> <laughs> because I thought that he was the bad guy. But wait, wait, wait. before <laughs> we get to that guy, don't we get to the first introduction of our like, oh General Zamir, General Zamir and the tongueless lady mm. who. Yes. That is a weird scene all round. It is. And the head rub, the head rub creeps yeah, me out. Yeah, which he just like, he just like gets into and like I assumed, you know, has a little bit of a, you know, rendezvous with her because, oh, I'm in <laughs> the another. fuck are you talking about? I'm I in another country. Is. Is, is this the custom? I, he gets into it. He accepts the head rub. I think that's all he accepts. Okay, okay, okay. But yes. General Zamir. General Zamir? General Zamir, yeah. Uh, I have no idea about anything that happens in that shop besides his beautiful body and hair. Because <laughs> We need to talk about General Zamir. Yeah, he is, he is a gorgeous man and I don't know why I'm jumping ahead again, why the princess wouldn't want to marry him who is a good three feet 
over Cabot. <laughs> well, he's evil. Oh, he's evil. Yeah. He's also Australian? Yes! <laughs> thank you! Who are you? Commander Zamir, advisor to the Khan. He has sent me here to welcome you to our country. I was wondering that. I was like, is he like a blow-in? Is he like someone that the Khan has hired? Oh, we need to get into like, we need to get into, uh, we need to have a conversation about Palmerstan because Palmerstan is fucking amazing. Okay, but yeah. General General Zamir is an Australian. That dude is an, is a, an Australian actor named Richard Norton who is also the fight coordinator for that movie. So he's the fight coordinator for Jim Carter. Wow. He is also in... Mad Max Fury Road. This dude's still Fuck working. Off. This dude is still working. He's, he is an Australian. Uh, he's a karate uh, karate master, and uh, and ended up being a fight like coordinator and stunt coordinator. And he is still he's still working. He worked on on Fury Road. So he should am- be with a movie like Jim Carter. His resume must look so impressive. It's great. Anyway, it's like- he's 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 um. Yeah, he's very impressive. Very impressive pecs. I will say, out of a total, let's face it, dog shit movie, <laughs> the best part about it are the absolute wacky fights. Yeah. Like, this is cartoon fights. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And Palmerstan. So Palmerstan is in the... We get told that Palmerstan's in the Hindu Kush, which is on the border of... For those that don't know, it's on the border of Afghanistan and, mm-hmm. pa- and Pakistan, right? So it's a fake, it's a fake country. It clearly looks like it's European. It looks like a European medieval village. They dress like Mongols, mm. but have Japanese weaponry. Mm-hmm. 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 And I'm pretty sure are entirely Jewish. I have no idea. I mean, like, I'm going by the Khan. Like, but he is, like, dead set. Uh, what's the main dude out of Spaceballs? Like, the, the Mel, Mel Brooks. Mel Brooks. He is, like, that guy. He is a little, he's a little like that. And you, I expect he's so cuddly. He's so friendly. This is yeah. a man that runs a country <laughs> in which their primary activity is a game that they play every day. Does they he play every day? It's they so play true. every day. I don't or, know if they play every day or if it's just that that they had those those criminals do it so that the people who are going to play it on the official day get to see the course. Is how yeah, I and they do, they do a te- they do a test run so that people yeah. can understand the game. Yeah, the game. I thought that I didn't think that that meant that they did it every day. And. I think they do it regularly. <laughs> and he seems lovely, but he plays a game where they will just kill you. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And they didn't seem to tell them ahead of time that that was likely, like that there was going to be like ninjas just chasing them and trying to kill them throughout the entire course. Yes. I thought the, when they when he does the explanation of the course and everything <laughs> yes. that they have with to the do model. with the little models, I thought that, oh, okay, so the danger is that this course is going to kill you, not that we're going to send assassins after you. There is a lot of confusion about, you were very confused about what the game was. Yeah, well, mm. they don't explain it until that moment, really. Yeah, which, is about, which is about, like, 50 minutes into the It's into like, is it an movie. obstacle course? Is it a fight? Is it a... Is it, a, a it seems like a very brawl? relaxed obstacle it, course. Yeah, yeah, now we know it's an obstacle course or, like, a cross-country obstacle course, but they don't tell us that until we're in... Palmerston, and he has these little models, and he's like, and you'll go across here and you'll climb up these ropes. And most of the things that he trained for are not included in the game. Very, very There's a lot of rope work. There's more rope work than one would have yeah. expected. Yes. Yeah. Almost entirely running and rope walk. And mo- the yeah. only thing, the only thing that being a gymnast made him better at was probably climbing up, pl- climbing the ropes. Did you see everything he did else it without was just legs when everyone else was doing it with their legs, and yeah. he just went up with his hands because he's because he's a gymnast, and mm-hmm. obviously he can do that. But all of that, like, he, 
Why did they have to recruit a gymnast? I feel like there are other athletes that might have been more suited to because the cross country. Is out of sight. But every country in the world is preparing their champions. <laughs> yes, but their champions could have better. So I think that again, you need to be trained in like cross country running and being able to survive in the bush and like yeah. assassins. Yeah. <laughs> like that scene is very interesting because don't know how much we're a first is introduced to the Khan. Himself. We're not really even introduced. That's another thing is we don't actually get introductions. People just appear in That's this. So movie. true. There's those other dudes that are doing the, that are playing the game who we ne- they never get introduction scenes. The Khan is never introduced. We just cut to the Khan explaining the model. Like there is no kind of like. There is no craft to the to the way that yeah, because they really could have introduced each of this is the champion from Russia. This is the champion from yeah. You know what it's just like like, these guys are here too. You know what it felt like um, at this point. It had really felt like that um, Van Damme movie, uh, The Quest or something like that, where he's a Muay Thai fighter. Yeah, I mean, okay, so it is very much the movie is very much in the realm of movies of this era, and as a kid. I was obsessed with movies that involved tournaments, mm. movies that involved like challenges like the challenges mm. like the game, and it's very much uh, of the same kind of ilk as the most dangerous game, which is a story that has been adapted into movies like multiple times. There's a there's a Van Damme movie called Hard Target, which is basically the same thing. There's a there's a Emilio Estevez movie and Stephen Dorff movie from called Judgment Night with Dennis Leary's the bad guy, and it's basically the same thing. But the idea is that it's a guy that it's somebody being hunted by other men for sport, mm. right? Um, and that that exists. Yeah, that and exists when it like gets to him cinema. running away from everyone on horses, that really does feel yeah. like that. We need to come back to we need to come back to another moment that was that is just insane, which is when the thieves are leaving. Did Please. you spot? Yes. yes. I had to show Ellie. The dude that got Ellie murdered. The dude, yeah. the dude that got murdered. Like that is so obviously like not what was meant to happen. That dude just gets nailed by a horse. The Chinese dude the, on the horse must feel so the bad. Two, well, they two, both just stop. The two, oh. actors just, the two actors clearly just stop. Here's the thing. Like, was that the first take? And then they were like, well, we can't do that again. <laughs> like, why is that in the movie? <laughs> yeah, why wouldn't you reset and do it go again? Go again. My, my thinking, and I had a good think about this, because what happens, I don't know if we've clearly said it, what happens is there's a scene where all the contestants are riding off on horses to watch to the game. Watch the criminals play the game the day before they are to compete, and the criminals are competing to see if they can be released. Or something like that. Well, if they survive the game, they get to be freed. Yes. I think is the idea. And so they're following them to kind of watch the game and it seems to be tradition. So The game is different every time. Yes. Even though the game is exactly the same every time that we see it. And so they're riding out of the town square to follow the criminals on on their journey. And one of our competitors runs his horse into the back of an extra who's standing. Who just goes like flat. Gets absolute flexed, absolutely fucking flexed onto the ground. And like, it doesn't look like it's that hard on camera, but you see his neck jerk back and you just know that the horse's chest has hit him right on the back and he has been flung to the ground. That guy is fucking dead. Yeah, and the and the. I mean, I don't think continues. he's dead, dead, but no, yeah, but he's yeah, <laughs> just very to be clear. badly injured. And the guy, the actor who's just hurt him, has clearly broken with the scene, pulled back his horse because if it was going, they check with on the him. Scene, yeah, they literally yeah. check on him yeah. in the shot. on camera. Yeah. yeah, and and my thinking is, 
is why that was included over another take is I think it was maybe that guy was just like, oh, please include my take or they're like, this is Palmerstan. Like, it's rough. If you don't get out of the way, you'll get hit. That's, and think, that's the director's on, thinking. Honestly, I think that I think, I that think they, they didn't did reset. This movie doesn't this movie doesn't uh strike me as a movie where the director was the director was like, Yeah, let's let's uh let's run it again. Oh. Like I think if they got it in one, they got it in one and they and they used it. Yeah, yeah, fair enough. And like with budget constraints and like timing, he would yeah, be I mean, like, Oh, we'll budget, cut that bit out. It's a low budget movie. Yeah. So and then <laughs> I think they should have reset and try to get in but anyway. No, I love it. We get to the we get to the 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 feast at the night before the game where the politics of the start to kick in and we learn that General Zamir is to marry the princess mm-hmm. and we get we get a um a show of masculinity with some uh some psi work there are some there is some martial arts work in this film that is so fucking dumb like so this follows that scene in the training scene where uh the guy was blindfolded with the size do you remember that and he oh, was just yeah. and he was trying to show him techniques where he was just flipping one side with one hand around and holding the other side completely still, <laughs> which was not impressive at all. And now we can't side the, side the, and now we come to, what's his name? General Zamir. General Zamir flipping size around, the three-pronged size. What the fuck is going it's on? It's to show his dominance, to show how impressive a man what? he is. He takes his shirt off first. Yeah. And then we get the introduction of, the introduction of Thorg, who just comes out of nowhere and... Should we have known him before? I, I he loved you. Feels in, like I loved you in Munich. What did yeah, he do in Munich? I think he must be Thor. another. He must be another Olympian of some of some kind. That's, yeah. yeah. He yeah. asked about him in a in a previous scene, and someone's like, "What Superman?" And I'm like, "Why not name him? Like he's clearly more like Thor." <laughs> Thorg. Yeah. yeah. Or, oh. or as I have written in my notes, Scandinavian Hulk Hogan. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So much is weird with this scene. It does definitely feel like he should have had a bigger introduction or nobody, had more of a... Nobody gets introductions. That's the thing true. is nobody gets introdu- introductions. Yeah. Okay. It would be nice if they did. And then we come to... Unless anybody's got something else. We come to the game. No, 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 no. I was Please, expecting you to say your slow <laughs> right fucking down. We cannot progress past this scene. So it fucking opens with, like, games being played, which are bizarre. Just ninjas on horses, ninjas in town square, like, just doing shit. But then Thorg comes in, who is the most confusingly built person in the world. Is he stuffing his shirt? <laughs> Do, does he have, like, those Hulk things under his shirt? He, he might. No, yeah, he does have an interesting physique. It is bizarre. And our hero just asks the king in the middle of his speech what happened to his father. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, because we need to remember that the, the, the father. I, I accept that the, that he would ask. It just seems an odd time to ask when he's in the middle of talking to a room full of people. Hey, I'm just going to lean over here and go, hey, what happened to my dad? Yeah. And did anyone else feel like that Khan was evil at that point? I thought he was. The I thought he was supposed to be the bad guy the whole time. Yeah. The movie's real confused about the Khan because yeah. it posits him as the bad guy. What's funny is, is is that the flow of information, watching it a second time, because we watched it we watched it twice, watching it the second time, they actually tell you very early on that General Samir is trying to take over the country. Right. So I think they're trying to set up the Khan as being as being sympathetic, but then they also set up the Khan as being the villain. And then when you get there, the Khan is real friendly. 
He's a grandpa. Yeah. Come play my game. We do murders. This is, yeah, this is jumping ahead. But even when they were explaining why the Khan is not the baddie and Zamir is, he was saying something like, the Khan wants to appreciate the old and the new and Zamir just oh, we, wants the we can new. get into we, Well, there's the conversation. So this also happens before the game begins. There's the conversation where the princess introduces the idea of the 20s. Yeah, because <laughs> that's when they're talking about how she has to go get married to the guy. Yeah, yeah. because the 20s, the, the people that want to move the country into the 20th century, the young people. Which is like, isn't that a good thing? Yeah. But- Aren't we, like, wanting that? Because, like, clearly they're in the fucking Middle Ages. Yeah. <laughs> and then we get more unnecessary flipping. And he completely misses both those dudes. Yeah, mm-hmm. and the guy, like, falls down for an hour on the wall. Yeah. Yeah. He misses oh. both of them. He doesn't even, it's like, if we were, if this was wrestling, the call on commentary would be that he didn't get all of that. <laughs> <laughs> That because he does this, he does these flips and makes almost zero contact with any with anybody. Why are the ninjas chasing the fucking princess anyway? Oh, it's, uh, so it's, it's well, the the ninjas also the the other thing is that they set up the ninjas are now under the control of General Zamir. That is not clear until oh, like I mean, the none end. None of it's clear. None of it is clear. We're gonna get into the game. Let's do it. So the game the game begins with our very um our color. Color differentiated competitors mm-hmm, mm-hmm. all running off, running off into the into the woods. So can we maybe just see who we think is competing? Because I think there's China, the red singlet. Oh, guy. that's the other thing. Is like everybody has American. All the most of the competitors have American accents. Yeah. One of the guys' names is Gomez. He just speaks like an, yeah. with an American accent. Is he Greece blue and yellow? I have no idea. I don't oh. think that. I don't think that there was thought put into it. It's. I, I'm sure. I'm sure they're different countries, but like we can continue. Yeah. Well, there would there would have to be. So the game begins, and instantly Zamir starts cheating. Well, we've also learned that there is very strict rules, and that those rules get broken immediately. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Oh yeah, and even on the run with the prisoners, we see that even the ninjas break the rules who were there to like enforce the rules. Yeah. They will sometimes just kill for sport. Yeah. Yeah. So no one fucking plays this game correctly. And then, yeah, there's a lot of rope work. <laughs> and that's it. Movie over. <laughs> to be honest, it kind of like, as a kid, I was obsessed with the idea of the game. So did you love, like genuinely love this movie as a kid? Oh, yeah, absolutely. You thought it was a great film? Yeah. I mean, I, I still do. <laughs> I mean, it's great. It's highly entertaining. We've discussed it. Yeah, it's very entertaining. But like in terms of like... Yeah, I, I mean, know. so my thing when I was a kid is that, and I, I'm still the same, is that I get obsessive about things, right? No. So, yeah, a little bit. So, like, I was obsessed with martial arts. Mm. So this is a martial arts movie, and I was obsessed with movies with tournaments, movies with movies with competitions of any, of any, of any kind. And maybe that comes from Karate Kid, right? Or, Fair. But also lots of other movies of this era, martial arts movies of this era. So I was obsessed with... The idea of the I'm fascinated by the idea of the of the game, and the fact that there's this country where you go and do this 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 game, <laughs> and so yeah, I was obsessed with this movie. This is one of those movies that feels like a fever dream from my childhood yeah. because I knew feels about like this, a fever dream. In I knew about this movie. I would talk to people about this movie. No one I knew had ever seen this movie. Now, in the past like ten years, it has kind of it's 
oh, even 20 years because of the internet, it's kind of gone a little bit more wide, wider in its cult status, right? Yeah. But when I was a kid, it only existed on VHS and nobody had, nobody had seen it. But to the point that we should talk about references, so you had heard of this movie before you saw it. Before yeah. you saw it. But I get confused as well because you and I will have fucking hour-long chats, hours-long chats about obscure things which you were describing to me. And then I'll come to you again and have hours long chats and I'll be like yeah someone told me about that yeah, it was me. and it's probably yeah. you so uh, there's a family guy episode where they spoof this where, St- where, where Brian teaches Stewie the art of Jim Carter yes. and they recreate a couple of scenes it's also name checked in the Lego Batman movie Robin says that he knows Jim Carter which is yes. such a deep cut I remember watching that movie and being like what the fuck like, because Robin would know Jim, Jim Carter, Carter. Yeah. oh my god that's so genius yeah. oh Robin, of course. Sorry, no. Uh, that that that's it. That's my that's my point. Yeah, I um. So yeah, so I was obsessed with the game with the game as a kid. Like I, it's the type of thing where, yeah, anything was a tournament or a competition of any kind. I was into and ninjas. Ninjas was like any movie with ninjas. Yeah, I I get it, and it, it's not that it has to be so good. It just has to be cool. Looking. It just has to have ninjas. Yeah, yeah, fair enough. We were fair obsessed enough. with ninjas in the eighties. There are so many ninja movies that we're gonna that we're gonna watch. Uh, and they, oh, the, oh, these guys aren't really ninjas. They're just kind of like dressed. Like yeah, ninjas. so badly dressed. Like, and they like change from scene to scene. Some are wearing like red helmets. Some aren't. And like, it's clearly someone's just wrapped a shirt around their head. Can we get back into the game? It starts off with a run through like a wheat field. It's a five mile run to a rope thing. Yeah. Did anyone else get like vibes of uh, 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 Planet of the Apes, the old Planet of the Apes? You know how like the humans are. I mean, running? it also it also features people running through a wheat field, but there's lots of movies that don't <laughs> people running through wheat fields. So visually, yes. I mean, visually, yeah, but I don't think it's a reference. <laughs> no, 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 I don't think it's a reference. I just was like watching. Well, the, like, I the feel Khan, like I've seen this. Before. The Khan is in Planet of the Apes. Shut up. Yeah, he plays a. He plays. He's in two of the. If Planet he plays the, the orangutan. No, I think he plays an aggressive gorilla. <laughs> Dub. This is all Wikipedia. I have no idea. I don't know for a fact. <laughs> Wikipedia or your diary. Yeah, my, my brain. <laughs> the game progresses. I don't even know. Like, how do you even describe the, the game? He doesn't seem very good at the game at, no. at first because he's, he's like he's the, he's the slowest off the start. He just trips he's, over at the beginning. Tri- yeah. <laughs> and then gets kicked to the face. So, like, he's then out he's for the a last while. one up the rope. He doesn't even go up the I thought he was going to, like, impressively go up the rope, like, super quick compared to everybody else. And he didn't really. I mean, he beat the fire, but. I like, mean, he, he only goes up with his hands. And yeah. when the fire gets lit, I don't know if you all saw this, looks directly in the camera. Like, you'll see that that fire. (laughs) But Um, he's never on the rope. They do some editing where you never see the fire travelling up the rope mm. and him at the same time. It's cut to the fire, cut to him climbing with no smoke or anything. Mm. So, And then he he gets to the top. When when he's at the the top, yeah, he instantly is like, the rules. They broke the rules. Kill them. Damn it. Yeah. And, and then, then realises that, but he's yes, nobody's clo- following the rules. He's also pretty close to the fire at the top, so they did actually put him close to close to the fire. Yeah, once he was safe. Once he was once he was safe and can move out of the way. Once he was not going to be engulfed by flame <laughs> travelling up the rope. So he gets up to the top, starts running, and then catches up to a guy who got shot in the back with an arrow. Is that right? Uh, no, he catches up to, yeah, catches up to a guy that is injured. That is injured. Yeah. 
um, and goes, he, you have to go faster, and then just keeps leaves him yeah. alone. And then that guy gets javelin. That guy gets fucking javelin hard. Like they throw a javelin, and then the next scene is him on the ground, javelin so deep in that guy, and it is beautiful. And then what's after that? I, I think I blacked out until the village of the town. <laughs> Because is it the point where he's there's is a gorge. That the point where he's fighting? There's also the gorge where Samir cuts the, cuts the rope and he and he holds on. Is that before the Thorg fight? Yes. Yes. Okay. And then he fights he fights Scandinavian Hulk. Yeah. Hogan. So yeah, Thorg or Superman, and definitely not Thor because that would make too much sense. Kills someone on the beach, then has like a guilty moment where he looks up at the signpost guy, and the signpost guy like puts his flag down, like, "Oh God, you did, like you've disappointed me." <laughs> <laughs> so bizarre. The and flag then, ninja, the flag ninjas are like they are just hilarious to me. Weird, super super weird. Why not just put like a post there? Well, there was a concern that they were going to get lost in the landscape. Yeah. And that one guy was like, can I take this model with me? Yeah. <laughs> Is there a map? I Is might get map? lost in this deadly game. I, I don't know why they didn't just say, like... <laughs> You're but the fucking flag, trained for this. The flag ninjas have a very specific purpose, which is which we'll get to, we'll get to later. Isn't their job to like uh, like officially with the rules? With the rules, their yeah. job which is to make sure that nobody tries skips. to skip a yeah. challenge. Skip a, yeah, or go round it, go round a challenge. Yeah. yeah. Well, yeah. I I did not. We get the think they were the ones we get the who fight, kill them. We get no. the fight with Scandinavian Hulk Hogan. Uh, there's a there's a, actually an arrow thing that's kind of impressive. Uh, Jonathan Cabot ducks behind a tree that then gets like hit with like a dozen arrows. Yeah. Yes. Half a dozen arrows. And then he steps out. And I was looking for the jump cut and I don't think there actually is one. I think they literally just fired a bunch of fucking arrows. No, what I, what I think there is is because it's angled in a certain way that you can't see behind the tree that he dies behind. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I think he's they've got a shield or something there. And he I think he just goes behind, behind it. I think he just goes behind the tree. Nah, because that tree's not thick enough. That tree's not like wide enough to yeah, hide yeah, yeah, him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It is. It's fine. Anyway, Spire this is arrows. also the point where he hears the blade. In I'm the actually wind. wondering. So I have questions about. We talked a little bit about arrows. So there's a couple of different ways you can do those arrow shots, right? The people getting shot by arrows. Mm. One of the ways is that you run a line, you run fishing wire to the to the guy, and then it's kind of fired, but it doesn't have an end, and so it just kind of gets to the end and yeah. it sticks. The other way that's to how they do that. Yeah. So some, that's sometimes how they do it. The other way to do it is just to fire an arrow at a dude. <laughs> And the what they have is is people that are really good with a bow and arrow, and they fire at a basically a block, a mm. wooden block, or that is under the person's under person's clothing, and so the arrow actually just goes into the wooden block. Now, obviously, that requires a lot of coordination and trust, but mm. that, they used to do that shit. So I have no idea with this movie. Given that this movie was made in Yugoslavia in the nineteen in the nineteen eighties, I I'm not sure what the what the technique was. I couldn't. I was trying to figure it out because sometimes when it's online, you can see the see the line, but there is a lot of arrow shots that look like they are just fucking dangerous. <laughs> Yeah, they're abrupt. They're abrupt, which makes me think there is a jump cut mm. because they yeah, fucking they can, come from I mean, nowhere they can, they all could, the time. They could also just be doing that. Yeah. As well. um, but I don't know. Do you know what the budget for this movie is? I have no idea. No. Because, yeah, it seems low budget, but there's things like that where it's like, well, they would have had to spend some money. Or they just did it dangerously. And yeah. Yeah. Luckily I, I mean, there's didn't probably kill a lot the actor. Of, probably Put a, a world-class athlete in danger. Uh, there's a lot of, like, Doing things dangerously, but I don't think it's an expensive movie. They shot in Yugoslavia, so the, the, basically shooting in a European country like that at that time, you would do it because you 
barely have to pay people anything. So you kind of double your budget or triple your budget just by going to a, to a foreign country where the US dollar just spends way, way more. Okay. So after this, after this tricky arrow shot, uh, did we get to the uh, crazy place? <laughs> Village of the Damned. Village, Village of the, of the Damned. Yes. Man. This is wild. As a kid, it freaked the fuck out of me. No fucking wonder. It gets tense. It like gets it gets proper, it gets proper tense. I remember watching it, stopped taking notes, and I was just like into this movie. Have you got notes for the Village of the Damned? Because you were like, what the fuck? I believe my notes for Village of the Damned are Two-Faced Man. Oh, the Two-Faced Man. Churchy yeah. Butt. Yes. <laughs> Churchy Butt. Big guy's going to get eaten by pigs. Did he get eaten by pigs? Oh, he absolutely he got eaten. He died by in pigs. a pig pen. There's so no the, way those no, pigs no, don't eat him. No, the villagers that were chasing Frankenstein got distracted and stabbed him with their pitchforks. And in the pig pen, they stab him to death in the pig pen. And then you get a shot of the pigs eating him. Oh, I must have missed that. I thought they were cannibals and he they would eat him. Well, they. I mean, they might do that. Well, they said they were cannibals. They there's don't an know ADR that for sure. line about them being cannibals. Yeah. yeah. Um, I have no idea in but what the, order I think the main th- the main thing that needs to be discussed about this scene is the very uh, convenient <laughs> gym horse it's thing. It's time for the pommel <laughs> in the, horse talk. The pommel horse in the middle of the town for no yeah, apparent the reason. An- the ancient pommel horse. Because <laughs> that's convenient. <laughs> it's insane. <laughs> then the crazy people are, 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 are polite and go one at a time too. <laughs> yes. Crazy people one at a time that, etiquette. The best part about that is the awkward extras in the background that have obviously been there for a few like hours and takes and they're just like oh, the, the, the. it's so <laughs> awkward. So this is the when when people talk about this movie this is the thing that people talk about. This I'm is not the thing surprised. that people remember is the is the pommel horse. How it's do you not that, <laughs> It's the thing that stuck out for me as a kid. It's the thing that I thought was weird. I can remember my, my I can remember my father going what? <laughs> because why would there be a pommel horse in the middle of crazy town? But like, what is it meant to be? Is it meant to be like a fountain? Is no, it it's just a fucking It's just a pommel, pommel horse. horse. So that he can do his. You can't pretend that that's anything but a pommel so horse. That he can do, so that he can do his spinning and then the stuntman can once again just walk into range to get hit. Uh, there is they, one guy who tries to creep up on him and gets it absolutely is, smacked. I like love it, it. There's almost no continuity. Like it jumps all over the place. It jumps over the line. They repeat shots. There is actually like they, there is a – he does like these two crescent kicks, uh, one to one guy on one side and one to the other. And then like 30 seconds later they just show the exact same shot again. They I actually, did not catch that. They actually just even repeat repeat shots. Yeah. What was interesting I found about all the gymnastics in this Jim Carter is it's just like basic gymnastics. Like he's not even like doing crazy shit. You know what I mean? Like pummel horse. He's pummel horsing. It's not like he's like getting up and doing some crazy thing that he's developed for the fucking movie like that has a kick on it at the end. The, it's just the flipping, uneven bars. It's just he flipping just with did a, gymnastics move and then people around him fell over. Yeah, it's just flipping with a kick. Yeah. It's just flipping and then there's kicks. But he doesn't even kick. He just has his leg out and an and extra people, falls and over. And people run into it. Yeah. When he, he hits. Wild. If he hits. Yeah. Which he well, they fall down even if he doesn't hit. <laughs> because it's so impressive because it's Jim Carter. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> it is. Oh. oh, my God. We've been talking about this movie for an hour and a half. <laughs> 
But like, what are the extras in that scene thinking? Because it doesn't look good. So according to the internet, and I, I take this with a grain of salt because movies like this have legend built around built around them. Yeah. But great, one great. of the one of the actors, I can't remember which one it was, but one of the actors said that they used people from an insane asylum. Shut the, the fuck up. As the extras. Shut the and fuck that, up. And that they were paid with like alcohol. Surely that's not true. I know. It Surely feels like one that's got to be true. Can't, can't be true. So like not the people that are getting hit, but everybody who's standing around. Why would you do that? Why wouldn't you just get extras from the town? Because, but like, because it's cheap. It's you guys it, like, it would be fairly cheap to get extras from the town too. Don't have to get them from an insane asylum. I have no idea. I can tell. Maybe they what also this just wanted thinking. like weirdos. They yeah. wanted like people that look strange. Because there are some weird looking fucking There is no fucking money for makeup. Like think about it. Like they've gone to Yugoslavia. They've got an actual crew of fucking like, like a large, a m- massive amount of people for like the town scenes, everything. Yeah, but then you have to deal with like organizing yeah. crazy people. So I don't know. It feels like one of those things, one of those stories about a movie that's like not true, not yeah. true. But who knows? But who there knows? are a lot of people with missing teeth, and like they are proper missing teeth, not like a movie missing teeth. There are a lot of proper fucked up people. Now, I need to point out the scene where he before before we get to the bomber horse where we see one of the dudes fucking skewered again onto a wall which is beautiful but we also see our hero beat the shit out of old women oh yeah he punches that old he lady. beats the shit out of several old women he does punch <laughs> when I saw that I was like alright they're going full on yeah it's so great and then but we then get to a way too long slow motion scene. Which, <laughs> which feels like which feels like we've got to get this to at least 80, 86 minutes. Whoa. 84 minutes. It stretches. It's real weird. And then they chase him to this back alley. And, again, he's climbing up clearly within his skill set. He's a very accomplished gymnast. And he barely makes it to the top of this alleyway where he climbs up these very close walls and then starts to just be like, it's it for me. He's at the top. There is a roof just above him. Just and he tries out. to get into a window, can't, and then he's like, well, I can't get on the roof. This is it for me. <laughs> and then, dun, dun, dun. The surprise the, reveal. The right. sympathetic, sympathetic flag ninja from earlier. Did you catch that it's his father earlier? Shut the I fuck up. How do you know that? How do you know that? Because it's his eyes. It's his father. So nah, earlier bullshit. on. Yeah, it absolutely bullshit. is. If you watch the movie again. So as when he, the guy that he shares a look with a flag, with a flag ninja earlier. When? Um, after one of the tests, he walks past and then there's a shot that like kind of pushes in on the flag ninja and you see the flag ninja's eyes. That is his father. <laughs> That's why scenes are lasting too long because there is deep meaning. There's deep meaning. <laughs> that I didn't even realise. So when, his- when he grabbed that ninja's hand, because obviously I didn't know it was his father, I was expecting it to be a lesson to do with the whole thing that they were doing in the training where it was like, don't trust anyone because he trusts the ninja and gets pulled up. So I was expecting him to then drop him and then it'd be like, no, oh, yeah, I'm not supposed to trust anyone. Much sense. No, no, so no. then it was his dad. It's his father. It's a different kind of reveal. <laughs> it's his father. They climb onto a roof where there is just blue sky, even though it's been like grey and raining through the entire oh, previous great scene. Pick up. And, great then, pick up. and then the father is immediately shot by an arrow and disappears from the movie again. He is he is there in the background at the end with Shut the, the arrow still in. Yeah, because he's Shut on the fuck yeah. up. He's in the, in the last Because he comes the in on the horse. He's on a separate horse. And he's just behind still got the dad. arrow in him. I thought that was Zemir. No. no. I thought he was bringing Zemir to like 
No, no, no be he's, in prison. No, he's bringing his dad back he's as his dad's dad. still alive on the so horse. So he with kills an arrow Zemir, and... goes back and gets his dad from where he stole the horse, and then comes back to town. Yeah. yeah. Wow. And then we, so it's a happy but ending. We're, we're, again, we're kind of skipping skipping towards the end. But so he escapes. His father gets shot with an arrow. He ends up in the final battle with with General Zemir. Mm-hmm. Again, a lot of a uh, very very a uh, <laughs> lot of leaves, a lot of mat, a lot of hidden yep. mats. Yep. Uh, flipping takes him down with almost like with a hurricane runner. Yeah, it's almost a much. hurricane runner, which is a which is a wrestling move. Uh, this he kind of takes it down and snaps his and snaps General Zemir's neck. Yeah, how funny is it that there's the snap and then Zemir obviously hasn't heard the like cue on set, or even if there was one, so he's still moving around like he's struggling. <laughs> oh, beautiful! And uh, and then we get. The most ridiculously abrupt ending. I was so annoyed. <laughs> I have I've got my notes of like, what the fuck was that ending? We don't get to see him ask his favor, which was the whole point of him doing the game. We just I get- thought that he was going to switch his question, and instead of asking for the stupid satellite thing, he was going to go, "I want to marry the girl." But he yeah. just doesn't do anything. He just turns up and it's like, "Oh, you're the winner," and that's it. That's we, the end. We, we don't know. We end on a freeze frame and a text explanation oh. that reads, and I have the text with me. In 1985. The the first early warning Earth station was placed in Palmerstan for the US Star Wars defense program. That's it. That's, That's the end all of the, the movie. explanation. Also, we don't- there is an error in the title. There's an extra space between Star Wars and defense program <laughs> in, the ti- in the title. That sums but we don't, up this movie. But then we perfectly. don't get any. None of the storylines get explained. But no, what about what about get tied the up. fucking coup? The princess, like the hero, did not need to be in this movie whatsoever. Because the princess is Catwoman. Because the princess <laughs> is the one who saves the day. She is in a room with her father. She convinces him that he's a prisoner in his own fucking castle, and then those two single people run off, kill like five guys and then like beat this coup by killing five guys and the hero does fuck all. Also, confused politics. This means that the Khan is still in charge. Yeah. The Khan who created the village of the damned and the village of crazies and who every day supervises a game that involves Every individual. day. I love that you're still hanging on it's this gotta every be like, day. Like maybe they take fucking Tuesdays <laughs> off, right? That's how they keep population That's how they keep population. But every day they run this fucking, this fucking game that involves people coming from all over the world to get a favour. <laughs> yeah, it's and we wild. didn't get him to ask the favor. I, I'm very disappointed that we didn't get the. And here is me asking the favor. Yeah, it's the whole point it feels, of the movie. It does feel like, like in a traditional movie, the setup would have been, the setup would have been that he asks for the princess, like, allow me to marry the prince. I still can't let you marry the princess. Yeah, well, we then needed my, my a Star favor Wars, like, yeah. putting putting yeah. the medals. The on Star the Wars person. thing is so insane. It's, it's so just, fucking insane. Yeah. and we don't get, and we don't, we don't know if the dad lives. We don't know if the. the just so many questions. So many questions. Well, we can assume the dad lives because he's because he's there. The but he did get stunned by a arrow. Yeah, and stunned, <laughs> stunned by an arrow. I said done. Done. <laughs> um, yeah, this ending is pretty wild. But like the joy on the king's face as well. Like, why is he so happy? to know that they're coming back. He has no idea that it's any of the competitors. He has no idea that the competitors have killed his political rival or whatever. And theoretically he doesn't want anyone to win because then they'll ask for the satellite thing that he surely he wants. But, like, he... <laughs> I mean, well, the talk of, like, it's all very... 
confusing. <laughs> it's so it's so messed it's up. Wonderful. And it implies that the, that that he's going to get the girl, but we don't know. Like, does she? Does that mean that does the princess move to the United States? Does yeah, this guy stay and run the game for the king? Like, we know nothing. This movie was made in an era, in an era where there is unnecessary sequels for lots of uh, directed VHS movies or movies that are VHS. If there was a sequel, can you imagine? Well, there's lots of things for them to use for the sequel because they didn't explain the ending of the movie. We need to make that film. We should make the sequel to Jim Jim Carter Carter. 2. Yeah, Jim Carter 2. Jim Carter Harder. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, imagine imagine who we would get to play the main Calvert. I keep forgetting his name. They fucking don't introduce anyone, including our Thomas is Jonathan Cabot. 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 So starting to wrap this up, finally, uh, what is an appropriate age, do you each think, to have seen this movie? So I'm going to say that it is a perfect age from one on. (laughs) Um, Purely because, like, this is a little boy's fantasy. This is a little boy's fantasy where it's ninjas, people in costumes with like bizarre, slightly Eastern in middle or Far Eastern weaponry and they're just being slapped together. They're just, that's what, that's what's going on in here. It is what I would do with my Power Rangers and my Ninja Turtle like dolls when I was dolls, action figures when I was younger. This is a story that I had in my head. And it's basically the exact same. I think in terms of appropriate. (laughs) One. One. I think in terms of like appropriate, appropriate, I'd probably go like closer to like 13, 14 in terms of, in terms of what it would probably be like rated for. But why? In terms of. It's rated M. Oh, really? M in Australia. So. But I also would say that it's probably okay for like 10 up because it's not really that gory or sweary or sexy or yeah, there's anything. No sw- there's no swears. The only nudity is a, is a dude's butt. Yeah. Although it's got a, scare, a couple of scary sequences. It's got a couple of scary, scary sequences. sequences. So it's like the Village the- of the Damned is kind of, like it freaked me out. Like that sequence freaked me out as a kid. Like the dude with the two faces yeah. is something that's burned into my brain. Yeah. But you know what though, like, yeah, the dude with two faces. Um, you know what though, like there is something to be said for how like, safe everything is for kids lately. Like, I remember watching some dark things when I was younger I and it agree, really, really helped me deal with a lot of things and not really be afraid of a lot of things when I was older. And I think a little bit of fear, like, there was some bizarre... I can't think of anything at the moment, but I remember I've had this thought several times, like, thinking back to some of the things that I looked at when I was a kid and going, like, that was fucking messed up. Mm. Well, even kids in the eighties, kids movies were even kids movies were kind of scary. Were kind of scary. Like all the kids horror movies that were really out in the eighties, yeah. like Gremlins. Yeah, like that is essentially a kids horror movie. You know, I what think I mean? it depends on. There's some fucking adult shit in that. Oh yeah, it would obviously depend on the kid. Like some kids are prone to like nightmares and stuff. If you're a kid that's that kind of kid, then if seeing a movie about crazy people and crazy town, <laughs> it's and lots of ninjas and everybody dies. I f- feel like that's would give you nightmares. Yeah, it's prone to nightmare material. So I think there's a level of like parents would obviously judge it child by child. That's why I reckon like in terms mm-hmm. of like broad strokes, I think from thirteen up you're probably okay. But 
in terms of when do I think little Kean should have watched it? Maybe closer to ten than four. So do you <laughs> remember? Do you remember the old uh, Leslie Nielsen movie that was a spoof on Bram Stoker's Dracula? Uh, Dracula Dead or <laughs> Loving It? Yes. Yes. I watched that when I was a kid, and that fucking scared the shit out of me. I had nightmares and like for like a good year or two I was sleeping with the blanket up under my chin so vampires couldn't bite my neck. But like that's all part of growing up. You get scared of weird dumb shit. Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah. There we're gonna watch a movie later that um I'm not even gonna name check right now, but it is a movie that scared the fuck out of me. And it wasn't meant to and I've never seen it since. Really? Yeah, so there's some good shit coming. So this movie came out in nineteen eighty five. I was three in 1985. Now, I probably didn't see it in 1985, but I definitely saw it before the 90s. So I would have been in the age in the age range. I definitely saw it before I was like eight. Yeah, yeah. see, I think ten. I think ten year. It's a ten year old boy's fantasy. Yeah, but see, like, and like I said, it's not even the violence isn't too like it's not very bloody. It's just they get hit by sticks and they fall down. So you're not you're not likely to get that. I don't feel like you're gonna get a lot of a lot of arrow work. Yeah. Yeah, I don't feel like (laughs) we didn't even fucking talk about that. Jesus Christ. Um this this vibe this podcast could run like four hours. It really could. This vibe from this movie is like uh what's that Ninja Turtles one? I never know the names of anything that Ninja Turtles movies where they go back in time. Uh Turtles three, it's the bad one. Yeah. Don't you reckon it has that vibe where it's like this is definitely a kids movie, but it has just some things. I don't like, think Jim Carter is a kids movie. Is not. It's not positioned. It's a kids movie. Maybe it's just my modern brain. I they would it, enjoy yeah. the. I think kids would enjoy the ninja part of it, but I think you need to be a little bit older to catch enough of the plot to actually know what's happening in this movie. <laughs> yeah, I mean that guy fully stuck, bloodied on the wall was a bit much, I suppose. But also just like like. In terms of what I just said, it's um, oh, the, actually the knowing serpentine plot. actually knowing what's happening as opposed to just being able to see ninjas fighting each other. Like, yes, you can yeah. enjoy the fighting, and that's very kids with their action figures. But in terms of knowing about, like, okay, so this guy wants the satellite, well, and that's his father, and he's going over here, and now this is happening, and these two people are yeah. But when you couldn't track that, but when you're <laughs> I mean, like, yeah, I can track that. <laughs> but you definitely couldn't but track when it. As a kid, a when you're a kid, it's like the imagery, like, is what stands out. Like, it's yeah. the sequences. It's like, oh, my God, he's doing martial arts on a fucking pommel horse. Yeah. yeah. With, you know, like, it's that's the stuff that's stuck in my brain from when I was a kid uh, is the fucking pommel horse, the two-faced the two guy, um, <laughs> and the opening. I always remember the opening. I don't know why, but that the intercutting with the horses and him doing gymnastics is always stuck in my stuck in my head. Yeah, I am. Um I didn't know what this movie was going to be in those first opening minutes. Luckily, in that first half hour, everything is laid out pretty pretty fucking quickly. Although Kira didn't pick up that it was his father in the cold opening. She completely missed that. Yeah, I did miss that. I had to explain that to you. And the only reason I got that was because, like, that scene sitting around the table... And there was I think so I, much I think I knew it at the time that I was reading the scene. I think I like rereading the scene at the time that I was watching the scene. But I think that piece of information just flew straight out of my yeah. head. And then by the time that we were in um, Palmerston, I, I had forgotten that that is why he was there. And I think what I said to Kean was like, why did he even agree to go on this? Like he's yeah. just a random gymnast. And then he reminded me that he was the father. I was like, the, oh, yeah. That reminds me of something that like I don't understand. Jim Carter, 
was that his thing or did he get taught Jim Carter? Like, <laughs> where did Jim Carter come from? I don't think that he no already knew. says the word, the word Jim Carter. Carter. <laughs> that's the confusing thing. I don't think that he already knew any martial arts. I think that's what the training was for. I think he was just a No, gymnast. but he was being trained for the game. Yeah, he was being trained for the game, but I don't think that before he was trained for the game he already knew any it's not martial his, arts. It's not his, like, Jeet Kundo. It's not his, like... No, I think he was just. Art. I think he was just a gymnast whose dad went and did this thing, and then they taught him a bunch of but other if, stuff because he's an athlete and he's strong, so he's able to learn these things. If that's the case, why did he know the spy straight away and go with him? I know we're diving straight back because into the he's movie. his dad's so friend. Sorry. I mean, there's oh. I mean, there's clearly all kinds of there's clearly all kinds of previous relationships. Right. Yeah. Okay, okay, okay. Because he I, didn't seem surprised that his dad had gone overseas and died doing a game. Like I think, yeah, he, no. I think he somewhat knew <laughs> that his dad was doing that. Jesus Christ. No could, grieving whatsoever. I honestly think that we could just keep talking in circles around this movie for like yeah. hours, but we should probably wrap it up. Yeah. Probably, yeah. Wrapping up, final thoughts about the movie? I liked it. It was entertaining. I hated it. I never watched it again. <laughs> no, it was great. I think... You know, if I – no, I would never watch it again. <laughs> but, but that doesn't mean I didn't enjoy it. And my partner kind of watched it in the background while she was doing other things and she absolutely hated it. So that by itself was very entertaining to me. We were curious about what, what uh, her reaction would be and if she would last through the movie. She was very confused, very, very confused. No, she, she didn't even try to sit down and watch it. She knew that you – personally had selected this movie and she's like, no, nah, I'm fucking not doing it. Like, no way. He's not sent you any great film. I know that. Well, that's the point of the point. Yeah. This is not to <laughs> yeah. watch. We're not watching. We will be watching some classics. But, but the, classic is a loose term. You know what's brilliant about this is, like, I love sitting down and watching cinema like this, which is kind of difficult to watch. Cinema. cinema. <laughs> but, is like, I never go cinema? out of my way to do it. I never go out of my way to watch something this bad, this bad, but it Yeah, this is fairly common in our household. I would watch it again on a Saturday morning if you decided to put it on, but I wouldn't choose to put it on myself, I think is where I stand mm, with this movie. Mm. I don't think I would recommend it to a friend as a, this is a great movie, you should watch it because you as a random person on the street would enjoy this movie because everybody would enjoy this movie. Mm. I would, maybe there are a few select friends that I think would be entertained by it, but I don't think it's like... The best martial arts movie ever made. Oh, we will definitely <laughs> see. We will definitely see better martial arts movies. What about you? Did it stand I mean, up? I fucking love this movie. Yeah, <laughs> it's just so insane. How it's many just, times have you seen it now? Uh, well, like I said, I saw it when I was a kid, and then I haven't seen it since. So I probably saw it when I was a kid a few times, but I haven't seen it in thirty something years easily. Right. But I, I'm highly entertained by it. Like it's, it's full of so many insane. For me, it's I'm insane. fascinated by. Obviously, I'm fascinated by how movies are made. Right. And and being a director, how choices are made. And this movie is full of so many insane choices. Like at every step of production, somebody said yes. Yeah, that's such and a good And so for call. me, like that's that's where the, the love <laughs> of it comes from. Is like I'm watching something that is so there's nothing else like Jim Carter. Like of all the movies we're gonna watch, there is only one Jim Carter. Right, there are other martial arts movies. There are other insane martial arts movies. There's there's other movies that have like tournaments and games and all that kind of stuff. Mm. But there is one fucking Jim Carter, mm. and that dude made it. Mm. And that dude said yes at every step of the way. That dude said yes to 
we need to put a fucking pommel horse in the middle of this village. I and that is, ama- that is amazing to me. Like the fact that this actually exists, somebody made it. Like we're talking about it, like we're talking about the movie in kind of like the abstract of here are all the things that happened in the movie. But with those things happened in real life where someone said, yes. <laughs> <laughs> like, and the director of you, a, like a great of film. Enter the Dragon, yeah. Oh. He made a fucking Bruce Lee movie. He made more than one Bruce Lee movie. Do you Bruce reckon he knew like in his mind, he was like, this is fucking insane like not only is this uh, crap knows? this is an awareness, insane mess we were we were not there and awareness is something we will never know we'll never know we'll never know what was what was what was an accident what was a, what was happenstance what was a what was a decision or but, how much was cut i feel like surely they shot like there other things yeah. there's a there's a there's a first act there's that a is myth, cut from a this fucking movie mythical longer cut. i feel like it has to be yeah it could also be that there was but stuff. at the same time we think that they didn't do a second take on the horse thing which it, makes me yeah. think that maybe there isn't anything that's i mean cut. It, it could also be that like bu- there was budget restraints and scenes entire scenes were just never, i, I want to know filmed. the budget Oh, oh yeah, really maybe it was in the, the script, but it was, it was never script, actually it was never, shot. It was never actually that's shot. possible. You have no idea. Yeah. So for me, that's that's my approach, and and a lot of these movies, that's that's like where I come at it from. I come at it from this fucking exists. Like somebody made the creative decision for this for this movie to exist. You can tell that like the only reason it got green light is because they go, oh, it's about the terrible game or whatever, and they had that, like, optioned for a script, and then they, they like, took that idea and just ran with it in a completely sideways thing. And they were just like, well, we've got this gymnast who's, like, signed on for the movie. Oh, yeah, there's no gymnastics in the novel. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Jim Carter doesn't exist in the novel. The game exists there's in the none. novel. There's none. No gymnastics. <laughs> well, in the, in 1956 or whenever the fuck this, this book was written. Know. I mean, I, mean, I, I don't think gymnastics in general existed, but I don't think Jim Carter existed. Yeah. <laughs> gymnastics well, was invented for this movie. I mean, <laughs> ma- martial arts weren't weren't you know like big in the United States in the ni- in the nineteen fifties. That's right. It, it was like a medieval like kind of thing in the book. Yeah, it's a medieval game, medieval uh, survival thing. Moving, <laughs> we're gonna we're gonna move on. We're gonna talk, we're gonna pick the movie for next for next Ooh, episode. Exciting. So the way that we're gonna do this is Kira picked Jim Carter. So you, Brody, so are gonna get to yeah. pick the next movie. I'm gonna give you a choice of three movies. Yeah. Um, you can. I will present them to you. You can look at the look at the covers now. And, and pick. We're gonna do it momentarily. Yes. Um, and then what will happen is the movie you pick. We will watch for next episode. The two other movies will remain in the pool to be picked, and a new one will repla- will replace it. Okay. So that's the way that's going to run. So I'm just going to uh, present the movies to you. Mm, exciting. Is he allowed to read the blurb on the back? Or yeah. are we doing it off the cover? I don't know. <laughs> what do you, you guys want to The that we've had so far is like people would generally in video stores, we'd look at the covers. Yeah, but you probably look at the back of the cover Yeah, as you well would, in the but like if you're browsing do we want to stay shelves? strong with that idea or no? I don't know, you guys can decide that. No, I think you can probably read the back. So the three choices I have for you are... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yes. same covers. So the three choices I have for you are The Salute of the Jugger, also known as The Blood of Heroes. It has two, It's a movie with two titles. Oh, fuck yeah. The second one is uh, Wes Craven's... His name is above the title. Wes Craven's Shocker. And... Oh, yep. And a movie called Wild Thing. Oh, wow. <laughs> okay, okay. So for the audience, what I have in front of me is 
Wild Thing. The cover is of a man that is barely clothed that uh, looks very 80s with his hair and, you know, like kind of a Bowie-esque almost on a Seattle skyline. I don't know, some American city skyline and he's posed very sensually. I would I would assume that it's probably somewhere in Canada. Canada. Okay. <laughs> Feels like it, it might be an American city, but oh, that kind of looks like Chicago. I don't know. I don't remember where it is set. So we'll <laughs> have okay. to watch it to find out. And judging by the several images on the back, it looks like this guy maybe is going through some kind of metamorphosis from the makers of Extremities. And Teen Wolf comes Wild Thing, a classic story of good versus evil. Wild Thing, he's an orphan, he's a loner, he's a legend. Um, <laughs> uh, nice trailer voice. Thank you, thank you. I've been meaning to try that out. Uh, there you are. Um, now we have. Wes- I don't know whether I would describe the way he's perched on top of the title here as sensually. <laughs> um, you and I have different descriptions of sensual. He definitely has baby oil on. I mean, yeah, but don't everybody in these kinds of movies? He just looks like he's, he's ready to, to pounce on look, something. He is meant to look Jesus attractive. <laughs> okay, we're closing in okay. on the two-hour mark. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then where's Craven's shocker? No more, Mister Nice Guy. Um, yeah. I know you probably are feeling Wes Craven, no? Oh, Wes Craven's one of my favourites. Yeah. Uh, I think I might... Oh, it is a horror, though, it looks like. Ooh, it would be fun to do a horror. But I can't really go past the salute of the jugger with... Uh, what's his name? Rutger Hauer, is that how you say it? <laughs> are you... F- Rutger Hauer? Rutger Hauer. Oh, I love that man. <laughs> Why do I know him? Fuck, what's he been in? Oh, I mean, we're going to see a lot of Rutger Hauer. Yeah. This looks probably most famously from um, from Blade Runner. He's the villain. In yes, thank you. The um, long nails are interesting. Yeah. So the front cover of the Shocker is a prisoner in the uh, electric chair, and the front cover of the Salute of the Juggu. Um, when juggers play, there is only one way to live: the hard way. Um, it is a woman and man's fists going at each other and flexing, and they both are in very post-apocalyptic garb. This looks like a lot of fun with perhaps a post-apocalyptic setting. So it looks like I'm choosing in between a monster movie that where, where there's love, a horror movie where a guy who's killed on the electric chair comes back to life, and a post-apocalyptic uh, Mad Max-esque movie. And I think I'm going to have to go with the sal- the salute of the jugger because it is fucking wild. You have chosen wisely. Thank you. Thank I'm you. excited to talk about salute of the jugger. I feel like you would have said you have chosen wisely no matter what, right? I mean, you picked the three I mean, movies. Yeah. <laughs> uh, That's just the one you thought Brody would pick. Yeah. I'm excited to talk about salute of the, the salute of the jugger. Shall I do it? Also known as the blood of heroes. Yes, do the do the trail do the trailer voice. A small band of futuristic gladiators known as juggers wander the desolate landscape, journeying from one dog town to another in search of new opponents. Their only hope is to make it to one of the few remaining subterranean cities and be allowed to play in the ultimate game. Another game. The league. Oh. Did I just do that subconsciously? Beautiful. Excellent. Well, that's going to be it for the uh, 
first episode of Weedkid Video. Mm, thank you. Thank you. Thank uh, you. If you if there's anybody actually listening to this, I hope you had a good time. <laughs> <laughs> we did. Yes, I definitely did. Fantastic. You can no follow us on social media, but we don't have any tags yet, so I can't tell you what they are. But we are probably on social media. Mine is very boring. Don't follow me. I'm all meant the actual like podcast itself probably has its own social media. Oh yeah, and we yep. should probably tell people to follow us on on said social media, but we don't know what our handles are. It'll be linked in the description. Hey, yeah, we'll link it in the description. Great Excellent. work, team. In future episodes, we will name ourselves. <laughs> <laughs> Well, that's that's going to be it. Uh, I hope that uh, people enjoyed it. Had a what good time. is the official name of the podcast? It's Weird Kid Video. Oh. We said that at the beginning so of the podcast. The of the podcast. <laughs> there go. That's the name of the store. Hey, guy. Come on. Relax, guy. Um, brilliant. Fantastic. Yay. <laughs> we made a podcast. And scene. <laughs> <laughs>